Good morning, church. As we continue on in our series, The Church as Diaspora, we're going to be looking at the topic this morning of building up the virtual virus church. If you have a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. The Apostle Peter writes to the early church of the diaspora that was scattered throughout Asia Minor, that's modern-day Turkey. And he says in 2 Peter that he wrote 2 Peter and 1 Peter uh, to remind the believers of the great salvation that they have in Jesus Christ amidst a world of false teachings, and also to encourage them to pursue spiritual qualities uh, that will help them to not be in what he calls uh, spiritually ineffective and unfruitful in their spiritual walk and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, let's go ahead and read it together. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built upon a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. I was talking to Gilbert this week, and uh, he had built this wood man and this wired man, and I just said, I gotta take these and use these for uh, Sunday sermon because they perfectly illustrate First uh, Peter chapter two, uh, verse four and five. Uh, I think every one of us that's listening is one of these two metaphorical uh, men. We're either the woodman that's standing on the rock that has the light of Christ shining on them and that's standing tall, strong, or we're like the wired man who um, has either maybe never come to the living rock of Jesus Christ, or maybe we've come to him and maybe we've kind of stepped off at times and we were not quite on, on, relying on him. And we, we find our spiritual walks deteriorating. We feel, find our spiritual walks uh, torn down. And so uh, which are you this morning? Uh, it's time for some straight talk, church. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that we may be built up, not torn down. And we pray that your, your goodness, your grace, your mercy would be upon us this morning. Um, we celebrate with those who celebrate, Lord, those who are standing tall and, and whose walks are, are living uh, victorious lives in their walks. And Father, we um, come around those who are having difficulty in their spiritual walks, who have perhaps experienced failure or not lived up to who they are to be in Christ Jesus. And, and Lord, there is grace for all of us here today, grace to celebrate the good work that you are doing in our lives and grace uh, to help us who um, find ourselves torn down in this moment. Um, and so, Lord, would you bless us uh, through your word and build us up as a spiritual house, as the church of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Um, I want to start with a few quotes of uh, some people that I've, I've listened to uh, in our church. And um, actually, before I do that, I want to share some um, the kind of the summation of some conversations I've been having with some people in the church uh, just over the past few weeks. Um, there's a lot of great things happening in our church. Um, I think about uh, Bonnie, who just graduated USC, and even though they didn't have a graduation ceremony, that's quite an accomplishment. I think of um, the couples that have gotten married uh, in the past two months since the coronavirus uh, started. I think of Nate and uh, Bethany and Cooper and Corey, and just what a celebration that is in their new life together. Uh, but I also think about some people going through difficult times. Uh, there was a person in our church who um, had 
uh, symptoms of COVID-19. And so they actually went and got tested and they're awaiting their results right now to see if it came back positive or negative. Um, there's another person who has a relative who just emerged from a coma from COVID-19. And that's been very hard on their family. Uh, this person also found out recently that they're gonna be losing their job. Um, there's so many things that are going on in our community. And so I've been talking to many of you on the phone the past few weeks. And um, I just wanna share with you uh, some of the conversations I've been having. I've gotten permission from people to share this. And um, I want you to listen to uh, how people are describing where they're at spiritually. I usually just start the conversation by saying, how are you doing? And these are the responses that I've gotten from several people. Person number one, quote, all things considered, I'm not doing that bad, but I have a love-hate relationship with Zoom. I feel like I used to go to church in another life. Person number two, I feel disconnected and lonely. It's depressing to think that I'm just wasting time or worse, moving backwards. Person number three, this quarantine has been challenging for me and I'm not even a people person. We barely go outside just to get groceries. My church small group is the only real time when we see people. I wish everything could go back to normal. I miss Sioux Plantation. I wanna have a big barbecue celebration at the Winchies. I think all of us would love to do that. Person number four, Pastor Chris, why do we have to go back to normal church? Why can't we just watch church on the screen from now on? I mean, I go to six different churches at the same time now. It's great. Person number five. At home, I struggle with temptations. Everything seems so hopeless now. I should be following God and studying the Bible more and praying more. And I know all these things and I know what I should do, but I don't do them. It's so frustrating, heavy. Life is just grinding on me. Person number six, a lot of believers are depressed right now. Their involvement in the ministries of the church was helping them in the past. For some people, that is all they have is the church. A lot of believers come in broken and rejected, so they come to church and that is uh, all they have, so it means a lot to them. Electronic church, it feels more like a job. It does not seem real. You log into it and log out. Some people like it, but for me, it's worse. When you meet someone that has a lot more of an effect because you are engaging in someone's life, it is weird at times, so, uh, so we just have to adjust. So much fear is going on, it feels like a spiritual attack to try and divide us. This is affecting a lot of believers and they will question their faith. It's a time of temptation. This could be a time to be closer to God, but this idleness could also be used by Satan. Person number seven, it's like life as we know it, is gone. And I think as I, I listen to some of these quotes, some of these people are spiritually asymptomatic. You know, they'll probably be fine in the end. I know it's an adjustment, but uh, they're standing tall, like the man on the wood rock, and uh, they're communing with the Lord and God's people, and uh, it's different, but they're gonna be okay, and they won't see that big of a difference or decline in their spiritual walk. So they're essentially asymptomatic. I think there's other people, uh, as I listen to these uh, quotes, is um, they're getting a false negative reading on their faith. They think they're okay, but in reality, there's kind of this underlying deterioration to their faith, and uh, they may not realize it now, but it's gonna surface later on. 
And there's this third group uh, that I look at and I think that they're one step away from spiritual life support. Uh, they, they are disconnected from the church. They are disconnected um, from the Lord. And I think no matter where you're at, whether you're asymptomatic um, and you're gonna be fine, whether you're getting a false negative reading and maybe you think you're strong enough as a Christian to, to do it on your own, but that's gonna catch up to you eventually. Or you are, are here and you're just kind of, you know what, I'm, I'm almost ready to be admitted to the hospital um, because I'm sp on spiritual life support. Wherever you're at here this morning, um, I wanna remind us of a few things of, of maybe how we got to this place and, and, and where we're at right now. And so I wanna give two theories on what is happening here that we're in the middle of this virtual church separation and what that means for us. And secondly, uh, that a lot of us are experiencing the spread of the virus of spiritual idleness. We're in the middle, as we know, of a virtual church separation. And I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves that um, the essence of the church, the DNA, the spiritual DNA of the church is not to be experienced primarily through a digital signal that we all sit around and passively watch uh, on our screens and we can kind of hit the pause or the stop button or the remote on our television on and off. The church is not best expressed that way. The church is not best expressed through the fatigue of, of Zoom fatigue, the struggle of Zoom fatigue. Uh, the church is a living, breathing community of people that meet face to face. She is a moving spiritual hospital to help heal the sick. Uh, she is a community of people that meet together and the Holy Spirit does spontaneous things in our conversations, in our ministry to one another as we meet face to face that cannot be properly sanctified through the mask of a Facebook or YouTube video. And it's just a weird place that we're in right now. I mean, I, I get emails from church leaders saying, um, here's some considerations to think about as you try and open up services later on. And it, it's amazing, these emails say the following. Well, if you start to have in-person uh, gatherings, do the following. Step one, check everyone's temperature as they come in the door. Step two, no children's, no youth ministry. Step number three, no snacks. Or, um, and make sure everyone's six feet apart and wearing masks in the service. And I'm like, what's the point then? I mean, when people walk in and they're just gonna be suspicious, did you just breathe on me, right? I mean, it's gonna be a complete distraction. And I think it's very important us to start with the realization that this virtual church separation has really created an artificial spiritual situation where a lot of us are going to struggle just by nature of where we're at. And so uh, we shouldn't be too hard on ourselves in that respect. And I think a lot of people are struggling in many ways. Number two, uh, but in the context of that environment, we're also seeing the spread of the spiritual virus of idleness. Um, in the time of BC, before the coronavirus, uh, many of you were living by the Spirit and moving, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, and you were being built up in your faith. You were building other people up in the faith through uh, the Lord's work in your life, and the church was being built up. And I think in the time of BC, before the coronavirus, uh, we were all pretty, a lot of us were in a good place, especially at City Bible Church. But in this time of AD, after the disease, uh, it's really a time when uh, it's important that we recognize that 
the spiritual default position of the church, the, the spiritual position that the church is now placed in is one of idleness. We're quarantined at home, we're separated from each other physically, and it's just a very difficult time. And I think it's very important to understand that the, the natural state that we're gonna gravitate towards is spiritual idleness during this time. And I think for many of us, uh, we feel like we're torn down. We're like this deteriorating man, this, this man who, this wired man who um, has kind of felt like we're still connected to the rock, but maybe have gotten off the rock and we see our spiritual walks uh, just declining. And we are like the man in Second Peter chapter one, who uh, Peter said, don't let your spiritual walk, don't let your faith become ineffective and unfruitful. And so um, what I wanna do this morning is look at some truths that I think will build up us as the church. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, uh, Peter says that we are a spiritual house. Uh, we're not the Old Testament temple, this physical uh, temple and uh, this building that was made of rock and, and gold and precious stones. Uh, we're not, we don't go to God in a building. We are the temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, the church is being built up on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, and we are being built up as living stones as his presence is among us. He says that we are a spiritual house, no longer an Old Testament building. He also says in this passage that um, we, are, we are priests. We, we are uh, this elite group, all of us of ministers. There is no longer a single elite group like in the Old Testament, these Old Testament priests that came from the tribe of Levi. Uh, we are all elevated to this place of spiritual priesthood, the priesthood of all believers. We all have a ministry. We all have at least some kind of gifting um, and we are to be used by God and God builds us up and builds up the body of Christ through that. And thirdly, he talks about how we uh, as, as a spiritual house, built on the living stone of Jesus Christ. We're built up as living stones and we are to minister. We are priests now who offer sacrifices that are pleasing to God. And the sacrifices that we offer are our service to the Lord, our service to others. And as we do that, we are built up. As we do that, we build the church up and through God's power and God is pleased with that. And what I want to do right now is um, it, I want to look at verse 5. And this phrase that Peter talks about where he says that we are living stones built up on the spiritual house of Jesus. And I want to look at two ways um, in these two verses that we are built up as a spiritual house of God. So number one, in verse 4, how, how are we built up as living stones as a spiritual house? Peter says this in verse four, as you come to him, as you come to him. Uh, this is a, a phrase that he used that wasn't just to describe as you come to him in salvation, but as you come to him in sanctification. He says that Jesus Christ is the living stone. And as we come to him as the living stone, um, we are built up. The living stone, Jesus is living because of his resurrection. And he is a stone because he is the foundation of our lives. And I wonder how many of us need to come to Jesus this morning. 
um, and say, Jesus, I need your resurrected life. I need to uh, recommit my life uh, this morning and just acknowledge you as the foundation of my life. I'm, I've kind of gotten off that foundation or, um, and, and I need to just jump back on because I know it as I do, as I come to you, um, I'm gonna be renewed in my faith. I wonder how many of us need to come to him as the living stone. It says in verse four, it goes on to say that he was rejected by men. Jesus was rejected by the Jews, by the Romans. He was ultimately rejected by uh, being put to death on a cross. Um, and this phrase rejected not only had the idea of uh, those who rejected him uh, during his ministry here on earth, but all the people throughout human history who have rejected him. And, um, and I think that there's most people have rejected Jesus than have received him. But I think for us as believers, there's also an application here that uh, we may not have rejected him. Ultimately, we are still saved. We're, we're still you know, connected to him as the living rock, as the cornerstone. Uh, but I wonder how many of us are living spiritual lives right now um, where we're seeing the spread of spiritual idleness. And we've, in a sense, rejected him because we've kind of stepped away. We haven't come to him. And if that's you, this morning, um, we need to confess that. We need to turn from that. We need to say, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me of that. And he will. And it says, in, again, in verse 4, that God has chosen him and he is precious. God foreordained Jesus, Jesus to come to this world, to die on a cross, to be resurrected. And Jesus is precious. God said at his baptism, um, this is my son whom I love, uh, my precious son. And uh, I, I think it's important for you to know this morning that no matter where you're at, if you um, need the resurrected life of Jesus Christ and need to recommit yourself to him or need to confess things of ways that we've rejected him or kind of stepped away a little bit, um, that there is life for you. He is the living stone. And just as God said, Jesus is pro, uh, chosen and precious, you need to know, Christian, that you are chosen, that you are precious. And God will not rebuke you for coming to him. In fact, he wants you to come to him um, and, and be restored. And so I want to encourage you right now. I want to stop and just, um, I want us to receive communion. We normally do this after the message, but I thought it would be really appropriate uh, for just us to come to him in this moment. Do you need the resurrection life and power um, afresh here this morning from Jesus? Do you need to confess and turn and be cleansed of ways that um, we've kind of gotten off the rock symbolically uh, in, in the past few months over the coronavirus? And we realize that um, our spiritual walk has, has been deteriorating. It's been torn down and we've been idle. And uh, the Lord, there's grace and there's mercy for you here this morning. And so if you have your communion elements, um, I want to encourage you to take them right now. And um, and Jesus, when he uh, went to the cross, his body was broken. And it represented his great love for you. It represented his willingness to take the punishment, uh, the wrath of God for all the ways that we have broken the law. And Jesus, as his body was broken and his blood was shed, uh, he, he conquered death, not just eternally, but he conquered death within us. And uh, he, he overcame sin. And so don't try and do this on your own. Come to Jesus right now.
confess the things we need to confess, receive his cleansing. Let's look to the cross. And I think as we do that, God will give you grace and um, he will give you life. And so uh, let's commit this time to prayer and we'll receive communion. Father, uh, we commit these communion elements into your hands. The, um, the bread that represents Christ's broken body and the juice that represents his shed blood. And I pray, Lord, as we come to you in remembrance, we as your church, we as your spiritual house would be built up. We as your followers, Lord, would um, that we, we would experience your grace through this time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you have your communion elements, I want to encourage you to receive them now. Amen and amen. Two ways that we are being built up and, um, and, and for us to build others up in Jesus Christ. Number one, as you come to him, uh, verse four. Number two, in verse five, it says in verse five that we are holy priests who offer spiritual sacrifices that God is pleased with in Jesus Christ. We are holy priests, all of us. We minister to each other. We offer this to God and he is pleased with that, our spiritual sacrifices. And when you look out um, throughout uh, the epistles and the book of Acts, you know, we find how spiritual sacrifices that we offer um, are defined. And I really think that um, being built up as God's house, you being built up as a Christian does not just have to do with you coming to Jesus Christ. It starts there. That's the most important thing. But I think as it extends to others and it blesses God's name, that we also are built up through that process. And we build up the church through the power of God in that process. And I think there's a blessing there. So in verse five, when he says, we are holy priests who offer spiritual sacrifices. Um, I want to give several examples of what spiritual sacrifices were in the New Testament. Number one, uh, spiritual sacrifices were to offer your body, your strength, yourself unto God as a spiritual sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, verse one says, present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Present yourself as a living sacrifice to God. Romans chapter 12, verse one. And I think the first place that we start as we offer up these spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God through Jesus Christ, as Peter writes in Second Peter, uh, First Peter chapter two, verse uh, five, is that we need to offer ourselves unto the Lord as a living sacrifice and say, everything I am, everything uh, about what my life is about is yours, Lord. I don't even know what that exactly means or where that's going to lead me, but I'm willing. I'm willing to humble myself and come to you. Are you willing to do that this morning? Um, I think that it begins that that simple act. Of, um, well, it's very difficult, but that act of coming to the Lord and saying, I offer up to you anew my life is very important. Um, I see this in, in, in our community at City Bible Church. I was talking with uh, some people this week and um, D'Amico, I think about uh, two years ago, maybe a year or two ago, we gave him a MacArthur study Bible. It's, it's, I don't know how many pages is that. Is that like 1,500 pages, 2,000 pages? And it's a study Bible of the entire Bible, but it has all the commentary notes. And I was talking to him this week and he said, yeah, you know, I finished reading it. And I was like, 
well, you finished reading one of the books in the Bible or you finished reading the Bible itself. I mean, that's impressive if you read the entire Bible. And he says, no, I read the entire study Bible from start to finish, from Genesis uh, chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. Not just the Bible, but all the commentary notes. And I just felt like, man, that is so inspiring. What an offering of a sacrifice to give your life to the Lord by studying his word. And uh, that really encouraged me. I was talking to another person this week um, who just found out that they lost their job. And they realized how much time and effort that they'd been putting into their job and, and it has kind of been taken away from them. And they said um, that they realized that their job is not everything and that they've been focusing too much on this world and not enough on God. And um, that's another example of offering yourself up to the Lord. Uh, maybe we have strayed away a little bit or kind of God has taken a back seat to, um, to other pursuits, worldly pursuits in our lives. But offering yourself up again as a living sacrifice, um, that's very pleasing to God, even if we kind of have not done that in the past. And so um, two commendable examples in our church. Um, a second example, not only is uh, spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God through Jesus Christ seen not only in presenting yourself to God, but secondly, um, ministering and, and reaching out to unbelievers and leading them to Christ. Paul said in Romans chapter 15, verse 16, minister, as a minister of Christ Jesus, he had a priestly service of the gospel of God and he offered the Gentiles to God as an acceptable, sanctified sacrifice that was sanctified by the Holy Spirit. This second example of a sacrifice that is seen as we reach out to unbelievers and witness to them is a very important thing um, that's pleasing to God. I was talking to Ted um, about a week ago, and he led someone to Christ in his workplace, someone he'd been reaching out to. And it just reminded me during these times of um, distress and suffering and uncertainty, uh, people are oftentimes more open to spiritual things. And Ted saw that opportunity and he witnessed to his co-worker and uh, at his work and led him to Christ and I was talking to Ted on the phone and he said that he goes hey can I borrow one of your study Bibles and I said you know what I'm gonna order your study Bible on the church give it to him and so within about five minutes of that conversation it got mailed to um, Ted to give to his co-worker but what a commendable acceptable sacrifice to God through Christ Jesus um, I was talking to Sarah you know one of our, our college students who had to move back up to Seattle during this time and um, she was saying, how can I serve in the church? You know, I, uh, I'm going to be part of my outreach ministry when I get back to college. And I really have a heart for the downtown area. And so that was just so inspiring to me to, to talk to someone who was on fire for the Lord, to reach out to other people. Third example of um, how we offer spiritual sacrifices unto the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 uh, talks about uh, love, walking in love. Paul says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. A third type of spiritual sacrifice is we simply walk in love uh, where we sacrifice ourselves for other people. Um, the men's purity group at our church has been such an important ministry um, to a bunch of guys coming together to come alongside to to uh, rely on one another, to carry one another's sinful burdens, and to walk in love. Love covers over a multitude of sin, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5. And so um, I think that's also a commendable example of 
of how these guys in our church are offering up spiritual sacrifices. Number four, uh, financially supporting the ministry is an acceptable uh, sacrifice unto the Lord. Paul said in Philippians chapter four, verse 18, that he received the financial support from the Philippian church and that he called it a sacrifice that's pleasing to God. And um, I think about this example of how so many of you in our church have been offering up um, and giving so faithfully and also giving to the Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and 10 fund this fund that we established early on in the coronavirus event where um, as people give to it a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to go to other believers in need during this time and um, I think there's probably uh, close to 20 people who have given from our church um, I, just this week or the past two weeks, people, uh, one person gave like a thousand dollars to another person, a couple people gave uh, $500 to it. And so it's just really inspiring to see these uh, sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And I think as you have been doing these um, examples of sacrifices, it's building you up and it's building up the church. And God is well pleased as we do this through the life of Christ Jesus. Um, a fifth example of a uh, sacrifice that's acceptable to God is um, a sacrifice of praise, of doing good and sharing what you have. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. The writer of Hebrews says that we offer up a sacrifice of praise, that we do good and share what we have. And these sacrifices are pleasing to God. He talks about many types of sacrifices here. One of praise, where we praise God with our, our lips, but it's really praising God with our life. And, uh, but, you know, I see uh, people like Garen and, and Jay who serve so faithfully um, in worshiping the Lord and leading us into the worship of the Lord and praising the Lord um, through our time together here on Sundays. Uh, he talks again in Hebrews chapter 13 about uh, doing good and sharing what you have. These sacrifices are pleasing to God. I think about... Um, Brian, who does so much good, um, he's working hard on Saturdays to edit these services, and that's a, a good work of of uh, sacrifice of, uh, that's pleasing to God. I think about guys like Nathan, um, who uh, Lorraine and I were getting ready to move out of our house, move kind of to a different part of the city, and some of the guys from the church are going to be moving into our house uh, pretty soon, and Nathan has volunteered to kind of fix up the house to get the house ready for them. Nathan is um, just has a real servant's heart. I think he has the gift of service. And uh, he, he's just a craftsman like Gilbert. And so that's a good work. I think of, um, I think of just a couple examples I've been involved in this week. Someone uh, in our church, they posted something on social media. And I just happened to be on social media at that moment. And it was um, really holding up um, a part of their former life that was just stark evil. It had um, satanic images and and um, satanic uh, spiritual rituals and and societies. And they were just kind of showed this album cover that was part of their former life. And, uh, you know, I just texted them. I go, hey, you know, you just got, have to be careful because I'm not saying that a Christian can't li listen to secular music anytime, but uh, there comes a line that gets crossed uh, where you can actually uh, post something that it actually promotes evil. And so they texted me got back and said, you know, thank you. I'm going to take it down right now. And they also said this. They said, you know, I'm I'm so thankful because um, in the past, pastors have not called me out on this. And uh, you're the first pastor I've really had that really said, hey, you know what? I care enough to mention something. 
And so I just was like, praise God and praise God for this brother's humility as well and a willingness to do good um, with that. Uh, another quick example from um, this past week, I was talking, I just got moved to call someone. I hadn't talked to them in quite a while. I called them on the phone and they said, you know what? This is a Holy Spirit moment. They, this is their words. They said, it's a faith building moment when I called because 10 minutes before I called, they had just gotten out of a meeting where they found out that they were going to lose their job. And they saw, they said, you know, this is definitely God who is doing this because, you know, we haven't talked in a couple months and now you call me at this exact moment. And that was just, uh, I, I think something that just really built up their faith and, and, uh, encourage them. Um, one more example of offering spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to God in, in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 10, verse 4, and Revelation chapter 8, verse 3, talks about the prayers of Cornelius and the prayers in, in Acts, book of Acts and the prayers of the saints who are offered up to God and God has heard these prayers and he's accepted it as a, as a sacrifice that's pleasing unto him. And I think about so many of us that are committed to prayer during this time. Um, Jay has been leading the prayer Zoom groups. And, um, you know, anyone who leads a, a prayer movement in, in a church, I think you're susceptible to spiritual attack because that is one of the most powerful weapons that the church has. Oftentimes, it's one of the, uh, the, the weapons that the church has that the church doesn't utilize enough. And so the enemy will want to come against a praying church. And I think we've seen some spiritual warfare in our church because of that. Um, and I want to uh, share just this one other story. I was talking to someone on the phone. I was talking to Gilbert on the phone this week. And he said that um, a little while ago, his truck got stolen. He came out of his place in his truck. And as you guys know, Gilbert has a uh, t-shirt screening business. So all his merchandise was in the truck. And then his, someone stole his truck. And it just so happened that Garen was coming over to visit him uh, right after around that time that that happened. And Garen was talking with Gilbert. He's like, yeah, someone took my truck. It was just across the street from where I live and it was gone when I went out there to go get it. And Garen just offered up a prayer. He goes, hey, can I pray for you? And Gilbert said, yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, Gilbert, uh, Garen just prayed that the Lord's will would be done, that the truck would be returned. Uh, that Gilbert would have faith. And Gilbert said that he was listening to that prayer. He's like, okay, well, that's that's great. Maybe that can help. I, I just don't know how. And it turns out that uh, I think it was like the next day, it was soon thereafter, Gilbert was driving around Long Beach and he went to this one store and he was looking down the street and he thought, you know, that's a that's an interesting like a kind of cul-de-sac or kind of blocked off street. He goes, I just wonder, you know, I'm, I'm just going to drive down there. So he drove down this one street and there was his truck. His truck was parked there on that street. And he looked in and all of his merchandise was still in the truck. The people who had stolen his truck took it to another area of Long Beach and just parked it there with all of the stuff. And so Gilbert was rejoicing. He's like, that is totally God. And he got his truck back and all of his stuff was still in there and he took it back. And uh, that was that prayer was a sacrifice that was pleasing to God through Jesus Christ and how God used uh, Garen to build up Gilbert's faith, uh, to build up the, the spiritual house of the church in Christ Jesus. Uh, just really inspiring.
I want to close with this. Uh, as we think about 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, this is the gospel is there. Because this passage talks about how we are to build our lives on the spiritual rock, the living stone. And as we do, our spiritual house is built up. And in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus uh, talked about a parable. He said there were two men. One man, he built his house on the sand. And when the wind and the rains of the tribulation of life and God's judgment, primarily God's judgment is talking about, came, his house fell. But this other man who built his life on the rock, which is Jesus Christ and his words, when the rain and the wind of God's judgment came down upon him, his life was built on the rock and his house stood. Which house are you standing on? Or which rock are you standing on? Which, which house is your life? Is it the one that will be torn down or the one that will stand in the face of the wind and the rain and the judgment of God? Uh, come to Jesus. If you've never confessed your life to Jesus Christ, the Bible says if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that he's been raised from the dead, you will be saved. And so um, for the believer among us who already is saved, let's come to the Lord. Let's continue to rely on him first. And let's continue to commit ourselves and to offering up to him the sacrifices of service unto him and his people that will build us up, build up the church. And we will be like this man on, standing on the rock where the sun is shining upon the light is shining upon him and he stands tall and he stands strong if you are not that man and you feel like this deteriorated man you should know that God's grace and mercy is big enough for you here this morning come to him and he will build you up let's pray together father as we close in prayer now may your grace and mercy come to those who are torn down who are in a state of spiritual idleness and they feel guilty, they feel shameful and uh, they need to be built up, Lord. May they come to you to receive that. And Father, for those who are out there and have never professed you as Lord and Savior, uh, may they know that their house is being built upon the sand, not upon the rock. And may they cast themselves upon you for your mercy, for your forgiveness. Uh, may they commit themselves to be your followers, Lord. It is a struggle. Uh, it's not a straight up, up uh, arrow journey in our spiritual walks, but may they know that their eternity is secure and that they are part of the spiritual house of God, Lord, as they come to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you guys.